This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Ever see a successful woman on your feed or in a magazine and think, wow, it must be nice to have it so easy? Well, think again. Behind that glossy cover or smiling face is a ton of hard work, countless failures, and endless learning experiences. I'm Rebecca Minkoff, and I'm here to tell you that success isn't a walk in the park. It takes grit, resilience, and a willingness to take risks. That's why I created Superwoman, a podcast that peels back the varnish and gets into the nitty-gritty of what it takes to make it as a woman in today's world. From luminaries and game changers to women you've never heard of but should, this podcast is here to inspire you to take your next leap, no matter how daunting it may seem. We'll explore the sacrifices these women have made, the highs and lows they've experienced, and the lessons they've learned along the way. So if you're ready to be inspired and learn from some of the most successful women out there, join me on Superwomen. Together, we'll uncover the stories behind the successes and prove that with hard work, determination, and a little bit of luck, anything is possible. Hey everyone, you're listening to Superwomen. Today's guests are Melissa Magsaysa and Andrea Racy, the co-founders of Duster. Duster is a brand that makes women feel visible and valued in all of the ways that they work. Beginning with a line of reimagined house dresses called Dusters, the design has been elevated and modernized to suit the multifaceted ways women work and move throughout their day today. The result is chic, crisp, and tailored dresses that maintain a loose-fitting comfort. Bonus, every Duster has pockets. We talk about how Melissa and Andrea have come together as founders, found a white space in the market, and are plowing through ahead despite all the challenges they've encountered. Take a listen. Melissa and Andrea, welcome to the podcast. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks so much for having us. So I met Melissa, obviously, as we just talked about before we started recording in 2006. You were at Women's Wear. You've gone on to have an incredible editorial and writing career. We've never met Andrea, but I would love to hear the story of how you two came together and came up with Duster and what inspired it. Yeah. Melissa, do you want to? You're always good at launching this one. (laughs) Like um, Andrea and I had known each other just through like how you and I have known each other, Rebecca, you know, she has a line called Helena Quinn. It's silk loungewear. We had met through her publicist, like, I don't know, eight years ago or so. And like two years ago, I started thinking, you know, we were sort of like coming out of the pandemic. Everybody's working from home. Everybody's very familiar with like athleisure has like closets full of it. And I'm like, I just want like dresses, like my mom and grandmother and aunts used to wear. I'm Filipino and the dresses are called dusters and they're essentially a duster synonymous with a house dress in the Philippines. 
And I'm like, why don't, why can't I, why is there no brand where I can just like go and there is, you know, a bunch of sort of dresses, but that like see me through my day today as like the woman I am today. And like so many women I know, um, like the both of you, like our days are so multifaceted. We're traveling, we're taking care of kids, we're taking care of loved ones, we're working, we're building companies, we're doing all the things um, where we don't really have to change. And a mutual friend named Shauna, who's a publicist, was like, you should reach out to Andrea. She sort of like kind of had this idea like that Andrea might have be on the same page as far as like the, the functionality of these dresses, like the, the message behind it, like how it sees and serves women today. And then Andrea, of course, has an incredible background in manufacturing, design, production, operations, like all the things I definitely don't know about, even though I've worked in fashion for so long. That's a part of it I've never, ever touched. So we had a glass of wine two years ago, and it was just like, we're like, and it could be like this, and it could be like that. Honestly, I feel like it was kind of like a first date. (laughs) And we had a glass of wine, and I just, I had always had a, a girl crush on Melissa from afar. I just, she's very you know, she, she does so much. She's so talented and she's, she's a good person to just sit and have a conversation with. And so she asked me for a glass of wine. She brought this up. I'm a good person to have a glass of wine with. I mean, a great person to have a glass of wine with. And she brought this idea up and I certainly was in a place where I was kind of creatively looking for something new and exciting. And Um, I also was in a place where I was very much diving into, this is so weird, but, um, a a totally, I'm very passionate about women's economic empowerment and, and women's economic equality. Um, and I had done a lot of research and had been researching for the previous two years, quite a bit about what is standing in the way of women's full economic empowerment. And the the main thing that the UN lists as is the number one issue standing in the way of women's economic equality is the um the burden of unpaid care. So care labor essentially. So that women in all, all over the world, not just in America, do 75% of all care labor that is that goes unpaid. And because of that, it's called a, a time-related burden where they don't have the extra time to be making money. And so the UN lists this goal of um, monetizing essentially or compensating unpaid domestic labor as being the thing that's going to get us to economic equality. And otherwise, at the current rate that we're going, it will take 217 years essentially. So when Melissa brought up this idea about a, a house dress. I was of, like, quote, great. Are you going to help me make some dresses or not? <laughs> I go on this. I, of course I, have I go all on this incredible research. And she has like Google Docs. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, dang, this girl, like I'm a writer and a reporter and I've never seen anybody research anything as well as Andrea does. I was like, are you sure you're not a reporter or a lawyer or something undercover? Um, I love but- spreadsheets. I love spreadsheets. Loves a spreadsheet. But it really, when Loves she data. brought it up, it really connected the two things to me. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, we have this is such a perfect opportunity to have a have a brand, right? But that has a larger conversation that we're starting and have a talking piece in this dress, right? A sartorial talking piece. And so we started 
going on about that. And Melissa is very, very um, involved philanthropically in a lot of different, a lot of the startups that she's been a, a founding um, uh, member of have our mission oriented, mission based, and and I knew that would be right up her alley. And so that we could, we just, we kind of started the conversation. We couldn't stop talking after that. Literally, we're still talking two years. We'll call each other and it'll be, we have to set agendas for our meetings because otherwise we go on too many, too many tangents. Like that. I'm like my co-founder at Female Founder Collective. I'm like, we have to just stick to the agenda or we're never right. going to get that. Right. Right. I know. That's Duster was born that day. So, so what would you say coming together, you know, from starting the business to now, just kind of tell me what you've accomplished as far as where it's offered, how many SKUs and sort of some of the hard lessons you learned. I mean, Andrea, you mentioned you came from apparel, Melissa, you did not. So fun things like inventory fit. <laughs> yeah. All that, all that great stuff. I know I'm constantly like, wait, Andrea, how, really? This, it just like, doesn't act, like you just keep people what need more things. Like, obviously I know that, but it is so much more, you know, relentless than I ever, cause I, I've interviewed a million people about how they start their brands. And of course it's very romantic and yep. it's the best side of everything. Yeah. But that is always how it's presented, you know, in these, um, in the, in the press articles and all the, in, in the, the things that the interviews you, you give that are shiny. And that's what we love so much about this podcast is it really dives into the nitty gritty. And I, I hope for women who are starting other businesses shows, oh my God, the behind the scenes. I mean, how many times we, have we cried on the phone together? And you know, it's, there's, so well, back to your question, Mark. But um, skew wise, we started. We started. We wanted to start simple. We wanted to start with a really condensed um, and really edited line because that's really what the line is. I mean, it's a. It's these are very chic and tailored dresses. We didn't want to come out with another, you know, boho prairie chic line. We wanted dresses that were fluid that represented kind of how the duster felt but had these sheep and uh, sheep, these chic and crisp and tailored elements, uh, sheep, sheep too. Um, and so we really wanted to also tailor what the initial offering was. So we started with six hues, I'm sorry, six styles, and then about four, four colorways each. So, um, so approximately 24 SKUs that we started with. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that, was really helpful for us because it wasn't overwhelming. And we, you know, we also wanted to be conscious of the sustainability factor and not, mm -hmm. you know, not just do it like the traditional model of sending out 70 SKUs per season and really be conscious about how much inventory we were holding. I mean, obviously that has two factors. One, it, it helps us, you know, in terms of selling, but also like the amount of inventory we're holding at any given time because we're bootstrapping or, you know, we're doing this all for, with our own money. So, um, so yeah. that was the, that was the start of skew wise. And, you know, you mentioned it a little bit earlier, but, you know, Andrea has probably seen the inventory and the unsexy side of fashion, but you had only seen the glamorous stories or the, the parts that designers, think that they can only tell you. So what was that like when you encountered your first like big, oh shit moment? And what was that moment? And then Andrea, <laughs> how you reacted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think like the, the logistics of things, like I've been a part of building brands, you know, I've been a part of 11 on array and now 13 loon, which is beauty. And, you know, on the founding teams of those, but really from a messaging, still a very much a romance side, you know, I'm not out there raising, I'm not at the warehouse, I'm not involved in logistics and operations. And I think with Duster, the oh shit is like, oh, you know, like Andrea mentioned, like the bootstrapping aspect, the oh shit, I think is not just a moment for me. It's sort of an ongoing theme. And Andrea is probably like rolling her eyes like immensely. Like I'm always like, Oh my God. But then like, how do we pick production costs? What? And like, just the actual dollars and cents of it, of like what that means of like how much production really costs and like fabric getting, you know, sent from South Korea and not making it in the shipment or the, the, what is it called? The little bolt thing that the, the, the cardboard thing, like not just collapsing oh, and the fabric's too yeah, yeah, yeah. and it puts us back two days because they've got to yeah. steam out the fabric. Like I know Rebecca, you're like, yes, oh. I know, but, no, but I know, just, but it, but I I've lived that, but you know, it's, yeah. it's nice to hear you say it. And for my listeners to hear that what you're going through, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so and again, like, I think it's, it's worth reiterating that I have been involved in, in this for, for 15 years. But even if you have, if you haven't done the exact job, right. It's like, Oh, I've anyone who's like, you know, people always say like, if you want to own a restaurant, you should do every job in that restaurant from dishwasher to bus boy to front of house to you know, maitre d', you know, line cook, whatever, to be the best restaurant owner you can be. So it's like, I always kind of liken it to that. Like I under, I still feel like I'm starting from scratch. I really don't take for granted like, oh, well, I've been in fashion, blah, blah, blah. No, like this is real. Even though I've been involved in like every different aspect, I know I've seen a Shopify backend, like whatever. It's, it is really like a totally different thing when you're like, in the bank account and you're like, okay, we have to pay for these different things or the logistics of the fabric coming. And Andrea's like literally always talking me off a ledge. Like this is totally normal. It's going to be okay. You know, um, which is this awesome. And- talks me off plenty of other ledges. So it's fine. Yeah. I well, think it balances, our- out. It balances out. I was going to say, out. what ledges is she talking you off of? Yeah. So that's a, you know, this is why I, I love working with her and um, and I, it's, it's such a different experience working with a partner than with Helena Quinn. I was very much, you know, on my own in that and the ledges she's talked to me off of, um, you know, I think just going back a little bit to like what, what challenges we encountered it, it, from the very beginning, from launch, from essentially like we kept having to push back our launch date because, um, you know, we weren't certain fabrics weren't in yet certain photos weren't ready yet, certain, you know, it just, that kept having, and when you're starting with sort of summer dresses to have to continue to push back a launch date is really scary because you get to a certain point in the summer where you're like, well, we, we, we should push to resort then because, you know, if we miss this, we miss. So that was really scary kind of in the beginning, even having done this and also making the decision like, okay, do we go ahead and do we launch on June 21st, even though it's like literally a month later than we anticipated, or do we push all the way making that decision? Um, 
and, and again, all, all the little things that pop up along the way that are like, oh shit. Well, well for example, here's a perfect example where Melissa talked to me off the ledge. It was sort of right around launch time. And we had, you know, she comes from the, the press side and, and understanding embargoes more, much more so than I do. And we had luckily secured, um, you know, a, an interview with Women's Wear Daily that was going to announce the launch of the brand. And, but we had also been slowly on social media, you know, sharing images and, um, Melissa woke up in one night in the middle of the night and, and just had this realization, you know, this like, oh shit, this stuff can't be on Instagram because it's embargoed until this, this women's wear article goes live. And I have no frame of reference for that. And I was like, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's gonna be fine. Like people think she's like, no, it's not. And and I'm and then I freaked out and she's like, it's fine. We just archive it and then we put it back. And I'm like, okay. So she having her like being able to kind of each take a, a lane and troubleshooting those sorts of things and and her knowing the front facing side on such a different level. Um, it it just is a it's it's a totally different experience than doing it on your own, and it I I really do feel like it's very much like a marriage. It is. You're definitely you know, married. Even though I'm not married, but you know, I, and I think we've had to work through certain. We've had to have very conversations that are that are very much like you know partnership conversations, um, and. And so, yeah, I, I think we continuously are talking to each other. I mean, even last week, I was freaking out about something, and Melissa was just like, "Okay, no, I'm going to take that. I'll take. I'll remove that from your plate, you know. Like, and you just go do this, and I'll focus." So, I think it's a continuous, you know, back and forth that we're. But I think it's also like because we weren't necessarily like close friends. We weren't friends right. before this, really. I mean, we were acquainted, but I think also, and I try and be conscious of conducting myself this way just with any team I work with, um, you know, with other businesses I'm involved with. It's like, I do know where I'm coming from. And I know, I know what I don't know. And it's like, I, I have no qualms with being like, I have no idea how this works. Like in a lot of ways, I am starting over in so many ways. Like what Andrea just pinpointed, I know what I bring to the table and I know what I absolutely come empty handed with and where yeah. she felt like she comes with a wealth of knowledge of, of those things. And so it's like, I have no qualms with being like, I have no idea. And yeah. at 45 years old to just be, you could be any age really, but like, I, I just, I, I love the idea of like being a beginner. Like there's this great book actually that Jancy Dunn, the journalist, her husband, whose name I can't remember right now wrote, about and the premise is really like why can't we be beginners at any age right like why are we bringing our kids to piano lessons and or french lessons or spanish lessons and waiting in the hallway and just like scrolling on our phone the whole time and being like oh if i was just seven again i could learn to play the piano it's like why can't you learn to play the piano you know and so and i think that also like it's only a lesson i learned that because i my identity has been so tied to my byline in a way that became unhealthy, to be honest. And like, there's a lot of ego there and like, oh, well, like, you know, cause it's your name. I mean, Rebecca, you're, you have a namesake brand, right? It's like, especially as women, like 
to, and Andrea is really good about that. Like you are more than your work. You are more than like your job title or whatever. And I've always kind of been like very tunnel focused. Like I am my work. I am my job. I am my byline. Right. And so, you know, Duster has been amazing starting Duster for so many reasons. I always love to like test my creativity, challenge my creativity and like grow and like evolve. Um, but also just sort of to challenge that notion of like beginning something, not like completely starting over. It's not like I've gone to medical school, but like, you know, (laughs) nobody would want that, but Ah. it is in a lot of ways, you know, really having to learn a new game that it feels so close, but it's really pretty far away. Right. When we talk about the like production logistics, finance, financial stuff, like that has very little to do with anything I've actually ever done. Um, so I think that's also why our partnership works really well because she understands like what I bring to the table and I very much understand what she brings to the table. And it's like, there's no ego of like, you know, just trying to like, look cool or stay cool like we don't we're not cool (laughs) in front of each other like I have no idea like it's we have no problem with being like I have no idea how this works like help me so let me ask you this um we just came off of a three-day retreat for founders and we had some in the room that were co-founders and some that were solo and the solo were like I love it I don't have to answer to anyone it's all me it's my call all the time some of them were like I'm a solo founder I'm lonely and I vacillate between, I had a co-founder that was my brother. So World War III would erupt because we felt very comfortable saying all the shit that maybe I don't say to my other co-founder who I'm not related to. I know I know where to stop myself. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I might want to say more and I'm like, ooh, don't go there. So where do you guys on that Venn diagram, have how have you managed to navigate your relationship with each other and when someone's annoying you or going too far and, and how have you kind of come through that or not? And it's still a work in progress. Well, <laughs> I certainly, I think that um, kind of goes back to what Melissa was just speaking about because I certainly, I Helena Quinn is and was um, a, a very massive learning experience for me in terms of um, learning the hard way that your work is not your worth. And I think that, I think it's, to answer your question, a a little bit about timing, a little bit about about where you are personally, and a little bit about who the other co-founder is. So for example, like with Helena Quinn, I don't know that I would have been in a place to, to have such a wonderful partnership with Melissa had I not gone through a lot of the shit, I don't know if we can swear, sorry, but the the shit that I'd gone through with Helena Quinn in terms of coming to sort of a a down on your knees moment of like, you know, experiencing all these hardships and these failures and, um, and, and being very much tied to it myself, feeling like my worth was tied to it and having to climb my way out of that, um, so the ego was so much less, right? And and then once I learned all those ego lessons, it was very much and, and recognized the value of a partnership and not wanting to be in something alone. It I was very much in a place where 
it, it just is so welcome and ready. And she is the exact right person for it as well, because in terms of if any conflict or battles, no battles have come up, but if anything we disagree on or conflicts come up, we can, I think, easily say, hey, you know, like this bothered me a little bit or whatever. And it's just a very adult conversation. I mean, there's no really, I don't want to say there's no emotion to it, but it, we were really able to have conversations without taking offense and without ego. And I think it's both because we've, we did that work to get to a place personally of removing the ego, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like my job has, as a writer has really been autonomous, right? Like I don't work with anyone other than my editor or whoever I'm a publicist or whatever, but ultimately I have to go back and I'm, I'm the only person who can do my job in that given, you know, whatever the given task is. And, but I love collaboration with, with, I love to like have conversations and bat around ideas. And like, that's the part I miss about in writing is that I don't have that. Um, and now being part of startups and things, I've learned much better how to work with a team. And I do realize what I like to do is collaborate and come together, but then I like to go away and kind of do my part, right? Like I can't just be in meetings all day or whatever it is. And with Andrea, it's, yeah, I think it's constantly like an evolution. I think that obviously as the business goes into different territories, we'll have different, you know, bridges to cross with each other. But like you just said, it's like, we both have such an alignment on making this successful and, and, and helping, you know, serving women and seeing them through their day. Um, you know, we always say the look of work has changed. So under that, it's like, what are all the different ways work? What, what work, what does work look like today? And we are kind of living through that, right? We're going from Zooms to school pickups to all the different things. And so that's very much integrated into how we talk every day, right? I'll be like, Oh my God, I got to go. I got to pick up. Oh my, I completely forgot to pick up my child. He has a blah, 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 whatever. And she's like the first person to be like, can I help you? Do you need me to watch the dog? Like if my husband's out of town, like, or if she needs something, I'll help her because we do believe in the ethos and the the impetus of what the, why this is even a brand, right? We really want to address how women go throughout their day today and what work is, right? So I think that baseline and that foundation of like, you know, believing that for as a, in, in a brand, but believing that for each other is a really awesome foundation because that's kind of where the emotion comes in. We, we respect and we, we, we support each other as women, as, as women founders and entrepreneurs and all the ups and downs that come with that. Um, and then in the context of, you know, what we did before this or what we can, what we still do outside of this with other jobs, um, and the fact that we each have like 76 jobs, um, you know, I don't know. I, I think that that's a, it, it sets a really nice foundation for our dynamic. And, and I think it, it carries us through maybe not conflict, but challenges or issues, um, maybe a, a little easier or seamlessly um, because we have that like baseline mutual respect of like, we, we want to see each other succeed. We want to see us succeed together. We want to see other women succeed and, 
and, and see how this brand can maybe help them get there um, yeah. or at least take care of like an aspect of their day or make yeah. them feel <laughs> kind of seen. Um, so that being kind of a North Star, whether we like are super, we, we literally say it all the time. We don't, but we just kind of feel it. And I think that's, that's helpful for our relationship. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at sax.com. So you mentioned, you both mentioned coming to like, Melissa, you're, you know, you were heavily attached to your identity being your byline. And mm-hmm. you know, Andrea, you said, you know, our work is not our work. Mm-hmm. I toggle between both in that I lost my name a long time ago when I when we sold the first tranche that became not me and then mm-hmm. having a series of people you know put your name on things that you maybe didn't agree with at one point in time be let it slide mm-hmm. um so I'm just curious for each of you how are you getting there and what do you define your worth by mm-hmm. you go first Andrea <laughs> um because I'll say this before you answer. I can yes. say, oh, I don't define it by my worth. But let me tell you, when I walk out on stage and there's 300 women in the audience and they're clapping for me, I'm like, yeah. oh, that feels really good. So I can't tell myself, oh, if that all went away, I wouldn't, I'd feel great, you know? Yeah, a uh, hundred, uh, yes, absolutely. Um, for me, I define my my worth right at this point in my life by how I'm feeling in my nervous system. And I know that sounds kind of crazy and abstract, but I'm very much, um, and, and how present I feel in my body. Um, I'm very much a believer in, and, and this kind of speaks to what Melissa was just talking about in terms of supporting women and what the whole ethos of this brand is that how we work and how women work specifically has been structured around a capitalist structure, which has been built by men. And that is very much um, a, a, you know, grow, 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 and always go, go, go. And that is kind of uh, the opposite of how women, women's bodies first work. We're cyclical beings, right? And, and how we think we don't, we don't necessarily think in a linear fashion. And, uh, embracing that and saying, I, I'm going to work in a different way and I'm not going to accept this traditional uh, methodology of always pushing. I'm going to embrace the breaks. I'm going to all- check in with my body. I'm going to 
um, honor where I am cyclically. I mean, in my health, right? Like my body is, is my North star for myself as Melissa, you know? And so for me, that's, that's how I'm, I determine my worth at any given moment, because I know I'm being true to myself. If I'm feeling content, if I'm feeling calm, if I'm feeling like, um, you know, I'm, I'm centered within my body, then I, I feel very comfortable, comfortable and confident. And I want to work that way. You know, I want to work in this business in that way. And I want to help other women work in that way where we're all flipping this on, on its head and this structure on its head where we've been told a certain way, you know, that was kind of like, to me, the, the detriment of the, this girl boss phase of feminism and the lean in phase is that, that, that your work became your worth. And I don't, I just don't buy into that. I don't subscribe to that anymore. I did for sure, but I've just totally changed that. And it's very much about checking in and like, if something's hitting, like if something during the day is making me too anxious or too, you know, like it's, it's rattling me too much, then I know I'm not, I need, I need to step away for a second and check my, check myself because it's, it's getting into my worth then. Right. So I, that's, that's how I examine it right now. (laughs) I think it's a constant, honestly, it's like my greatest work because it is like my biggest, the work I kind of have to be on top of the most, um, that and patience. I'm like an incredibly impatient person. Um, and I think those are the two things like always separating, but, but it's become easier. Um, now I will say Andrea always like sort of it reiterating that like your work, your work is not your worth. And, and I totally understand that. Um, but I think now that I am in a place where I can really pick and choose what, what I want to write about and not just constantly write. Um, and then the companies I'm involved with are super mission driven, whether it's 13 loon, which is all inclusive beauty or now duster. It, I mean, it sounds super cliche, but it's like, you just want, you just want it to work. It doesn't have to be me at the forefront. It doesn't have to be my name on anything. Um, you know, so it doesn't matter whatever, whatever is going to be, whatever's going to drive it, not even just as a business, but as a mission, right? If that it's this person or it's no people, whatever it is, that's what I want. So then I sort of am taken out of the equation. I didn't even have to constantly consciously take myself out of the equation. I just am. And that I think just being more part of a team and in being in constant collaboration and constant conversation, that's been really helpful to me. And it sort of diffuses and offsets the sort of I am my byline mentality. And now when I write, I really only take on stories that that mean something to me. Um, and not, you know, if it's a, a, a person that I feel, you know, or a community that has been marginalized or sort of underserved or, or just basically shining a light, like where can I sort of shine the little flashlight and be like, Oh, that's a good story. That's a good story. So I think it's more through that lens than like a lens of like, what's going to help me get to the next step. Right. Like, Oh, I should write about this person because 
that's a big, that's a great thing. That's a great headline. A lot of people are going to read that, blah, 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 because it's clickbaity. It's it's about, you know, whoever it is. It's about a Kardashian. It's about a Hadid or whatever. It's like, yes, I absolutely used to take on those stories, but I just don't take those stories on anymore because it's like, am I going to enjoy writing this? Because it takes a lot now, especially that I don't write like, you know, 10 stories a month. I'm writing like one to two stories a month. Like those have to really count. Right. And also I think now that I'm raising a preteen, a tween, I don't know, uh, adolescence, (laughs) um, I'm more conscious than ever about how I spend my time. Like I know, you know, Rebecca, you have kids around the same age. It's sort of like, I totally realize now, like, Every single thing I do, he's watching, like they watch CNN in their um, classroom every day. And like, he's aware of current events. And I, we talk more about like what I'm writing about, what I'm working on. So just like what I'm spending my time on, I don't only want it to not just suck my time and it be miserable or whatever. I want it to be something I can actually talk to him about and be like, Oh, Hey, did you know, I want him involved. I want him to know what I'm working on. I want him to like, frankly, be proud of it and interested in it. Um, if he's not proud or interested in today, he might remember it, you know, another day, unless I was writing about Roblox, you know, he's not going to care. <laughs> um, by the way, sorry, look, Miles is our, our, our barometer. Also Miles is our, he he tells us if a, a style is going to work or not. I mean, he is a ten year old with he is Quite a smart ten year old. Sorry, Quite to interrupt. Opinion. No, he's getting really into his style, like all the things. So you know, yeah. So I think for just I don't know if that's just coming into a different place in my life or reshifting my focus. And like I said, I think just putting a different lens over it than then this is what I should do. Like I do check myself at that specific word. Oh, like I, that's something I should do. Like should, 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 should. If that word is coming up a lot in my decision-making, you know, I see there's definitely times where it's like, okay, because should is a, le- a big part of a lot of strategies, if not every strategy, right? But if it's like coming from an ego-driven place of like, I should do this because X, Y, and Z might think it's cool or blah, blah, blah. Like, or I feel like I should do that because that's the cool thing to do. It's like, I'm going to slog through it because writing a story is just not, it's just getting harder and harder because it's like, it takes the most time out of anything I do. Right. And it's like that focus and concentration and like sort of just have to get, get through it. Um, and it truly is a muscle, right? Like if you're not writing all the time, it's kind of a pain to start a new page and like start writing. Um, so I have to just, just, you know, be conscious of that. But if I do find myself like halfway through taking something on and being like, Oh my God, I totally did this just for my ego or like whatever it is. Cause that still does happen. I just, then the word turns to align. Like you made the choice, just align with your decision and push through, meet your deadline, try and write, try and do something you're proud of and just like get through it. And like next time you'll make a better decision, you know, or, or you learn why you did it or how much is your ego still in the mix of those decisions, those, that decision-making process. Um, but I try to just have some grace because honestly, I still 
I still falter, I guess. You yeah. she's, she's also not, not, not easily solved. It's not easily like just snapped. Yeah. She's also not giving herself enough credit because she's very, she is the most self-deprecating, funny. I, she she is very self-aware and and that's one of the things that makes this the most fun working with her is because I, I mean I do there's not a conversation and we I step away from that we don't laugh we're not laughing and that she's not like calling herself <laughs> or just it's it's just she, she's very she's very humble and very self-aware and I think going back to the partnership thing that's that's what makes this work too yeah so what is your goal for duster like you mentioned, we're cyclical. It's not about go, 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 sell, sell, sell. So I'm curious how you've approached that philosophy to what your company, like, what do you want it to be? Well, yes. I mean, just because I should, I should preface that not not go, 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 just because we're, you know, not, it's not a go, go, go mentality doesn't mean we don't want to make money and doesn't mean we don't want to, you know, build this business and have it be successful and be scalable and hopefully at one point sell it and, and be successful entrepreneurs. That is not, I don't look at those two things as, as mutually exclusive, right? It's just a different way of doing business that honors the way that women work and the way that women, what women have on their plate. And that's what I think the ethos and the, and the really the, the, what we're trying to recognize and highlight with this brand is that women's days are so multifaceted. There's so much that's going on on our plate, right? Like so many different things that we have, so many pickups, drop-ups, and so much of that is not that work, is not honored. It's not, it's not compensated. It's not respected. And not supported, right. Not, um, I mean, we could go into that. I, I have those economic data points, really. We could share the spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah. Share that. I don't know if your audience wants to hear We, we can that. add them to the show notes. How's that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sex stories for spreadsheets for Andrew's yeah. data. <laughs> but we, we want this company to, first of all, start that conversation about how we're all going to get there in terms of women's economic equality. Because when you put the money in the hands of women, there was a, you know, a Gloria Steinem video that was circulating that was talking about, you know, when, when money is in the hands of women, it doesn't go to a Swiss bank account. It goes back into the economy because women are making a lot of the purchasing decisions for the household, 80% of the purchasing decisions for the household. So we're, we want this business to have that broader, big conversation and have always have the products that we're putting out there be supportive of lessening the burden of a woman's day to, to support, make the woman's day a little bit easier and do it in a way that's also helping her honor all the other work that she's doing and seeing that as valuable, even if it's not being compensated. Mm-hmm. So we still, you know, we, we want to make money. <laughs> we're not, we're not doing this for free, you know, like a freebie. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're stating that there's a difference. Cause when you said it at first, I was like, maybe there is another, maybe there's something else that is a benefit, which there are, but yeah. I'm terrified. No, we just want to, we want to explore a new way of, you know, not subscribing to the, the traditional capitalist model. How you that, approach it. Yeah, how we approach it. And that's very, that's going to vary. That's what I mean when I talk about my nervous system, right? Like 
That's going to change how I feel inside. That's going to change then how much work I'm able to do if my energy isn't drained all the time because my cortisol and my adrenaline is dripping constantly into my body. Um, and that's going to make us more successful at the end of the day. And it's, mm-hmm. it's just about it's just about reframing it and looking about how we can make the money and get it back into the hands of women in a different way. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. So as we wrap, um, I would love for you to share two things, something we'd be surprised to know about each one of you. It could be a habit, a quirk. Hillary Kerr changes her sheets every day. That's, I think, wow. her. Yeah. That <laughs> is work. Speaking of work and women's work. Hillary, wow. <laughs> it's either that or she showers twice a day. She was my first interview. I can't remember which one it was. Either she changes her sheets or she showers twice a day. I was um, listening to that episode, actually. I didn't get to that part, but I gotta, I'm gonna finish so it. To, yeah. So something we'd be surprised to know about you and then a piece of advice you'd love to share. Um, either learned the hard way or someone gave you that was actually like helpful. Okay. Oh, I could go. Something people would be surprised to know about me. I mean, the thing I hear quite a bit is like, oh, I didn't know you were like, you're you're pretty funny. Like, you're actually like, kind of <laughs> like, chill. Like, I think I don't know if it's like the title of a journalist or a writer. People think I'm like super just like a hard ass or whatever. But I'm like, or I think I just have a terribly intense resting bitch face. I'm just like always like. I was so scared of you. People I used to be say so like, oh, they're scared. And I don't like say that like with any pride. I'm just telling you like, <laughs> honestly, I don't know. I think there are people who would find it to be like a cool thing, but I really don't. So I don't know. People just are surprised to know that I'm like kind of funny. I mean, I think I'm a fucking stand-up comedian. I tell my husband every day. I'm like, how are you not like literally dying right now? I'm so fun. Like I and the very fact that funny. I say the fact that I say I'm funny is probably a really strong <laughs> indicator that I'm not. Um, okay, so that, but uh, I'm a really great tap dancer. Oh, I this, love okay. that. That so, is so I was good. just on another podcast, um, and I was teaching the host how to tap dance. Oh my god, that was a yeah. shock to me because when we started going to workout classes together on Saturdays. And we we went to one trampoline class and she was in the front row, just like every, everything was, every move was just energy. I've got a big front row energy. And she's like, I'm a tap dancer. And I'm like, okay, all right. Learning. I've just been dancing since I was three in general. And then, you know, like a lot of people took dance, whatever, since they were little, but so I'm still very coordinated. I can dance, whatever, but tapping, I can still tap dance. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. I haven't. I'm right there with you. I, I can still do the shuffle ball change. Shuffle ball <laughs> change. Okay. Well, we'll have to do a part two and we can do a video and we'll, we'll do a tap number together. Um, and I think advice, you know, I read this in an article, like a Vanity Fair article. I can't even remember who it was about, but they, they did a big profile and her friend commented on her, like gave the, the, magazine a quote and it just said you know the thing that's great about her is she's a magnet not a climber Mm. you know she's like some big like whatever I don't know entrepreneur whatever and I read that and I'm just like that is such a good I love that 
Yeah. Like, I, would, I would love if someone said that about me. I, I, that would be such a compliment, you know, especially in what we do living in New York, living in LA, just like the networking of it all. It's like, if you can like build a network and build a brand, whatever, or build a company or be successful, whatever success means to you and someone to say, you know, she's a magnet. And it's like, I love that. Like I try and like conduct myself that way. And, um, I think that the the people who are attracted to you, the opportunities that you pull in, like all the things, it's like, it's because you are being a kind person. You're being an authentic to yourself, to, to your joys and passions and how you're spending your time. So I think that's more, maybe it's more of a mantra than advice, but, um, but I don't know. I think it's like, you know, be a magnet, not a climber, or even just not even dumping the climber part, just like being a magnet and, and what, the idea of be having a magnetic personality or having magnetic energy means, yeah. I think is an important way of how I try and live my life because I think things tend to like follow in a way that I, I'm okay with from there. Yeah. I love it. What about you? Um, I think something people would be surprised to know, well, maybe that I'm a, secret nerd and love to absorb data and <laughs> now we know it's no longer a secret now, and and maybe also that I'm really like you it might not seem like I'm really pretty uh, introverted and I need a lot of time to myself to recharge a lot of I need a lot of housewives binging and watching a lot of reality tv time um, and Melissa now knows this because she is very social and will, you know, go out every night. And I'm like, I can't, I can't do it. I need to, I need to recharge Beverly Hill, real, real houses of Beverly Hills. Just like, I need to watch my programs. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's maybe something I have to say, I find it ironic that you are for the empowerment of women and those shows <laughs> are like the takedown so of women. Okay? You know what? Yeah, I don't disagree with you at all. However, I will say, you know, it just, it just for me goes back to the nervous system. And for some reason, it's just like, it really, yeah, it, it. in it's terms like you of zone out and just like, yeah, in terms of advice, like it's my, it's, it's, you know, it's my worst vice that helps me numb, you know? Um, so there's that in terms of the best advice I've ever received, this is a tough one because there's a lot of good advice, but I think one thing that really sticks with me is just there hasn't been a day yet that you haven't survived, right? So like when, you know, something pops up that's unexpected in, in the business and you don't really have a solution or an answer for it yet, you don't know how you're going to fix it or you don't know what the, you know, the outcome is having the faith and the patience that it will come and that you, everything in the past you've overcome, right? Like all the times that it's happened in the past, you've somehow figured it out and having the faith and the confidence in yourself that, okay, I might not know it right now, but so I'll, we'll, I'll figure it out. Like, and not letting that totally drain you and go, go into a spiral. Um, and I just, I'm always trying to remind myself of that when something pops up that, we don't have a solution for it yet, you know? I love that. So last but not least, um, where can people buy Duster? Where can people follow you? Give me all the handles and locations. 
it's shop duster across the board. So our URL is shopduster.com and our Instagram is at shop duster. Well, I can't wait to get mine. I'll be wearing it on my work from home days. Yeah. Or I mean, yes, you'll wear it in all the things on the plane to pick up, drop off, play dates. Oh yeah. I fully, yes. It's just in, when I'm in the city, when I say work from home days, when I'm in the city, I'm like, it's freezing in New York right now. And so I'm like hardcore, like, yeah. When I'm working from home, it's warm and nice. It'll be your your Florida uniform. It's my Florida uniform. And then in New York, I'll put on the coat, the winter coats, unless there's, maybe there'll be an all cashmere duster coming soon. Yeah, stay tuned. What? <laughs> the Rebecca Duster is all cashmere. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We can have a leather. We can have a leather duster. Oh, a leather love duster. Love I it. love that. Well, <laughs> maybe, hopefully people say this to you on the podcast because you have such amazing women guests. But, like, you are a huge reason, I think, like, you know, I watch what you do and, you know, you're obviously a founder and a designer and you've done all these amazing things, but like you've really reached outside of that and and done so many other things. Yeah. And I think that's also like how we, you know, what it's such the impetus and the inspiration for something like, I mean, just for our lives, but also for Duster, we, we are so fortunate to be surrounded by, or also like see women like you just seizing opportunities, doing yeah. all these incredible things, building families, building businesses, just like, you know, more than ever as women, we have all these wonderful opportunities. We have such a chance, as Andrea was saying, to also build a new paradigm in how we do it. We don't need to follow the old paradigm of like wealthy white sort of like, like, you know, the patriarchy essentially of, of how the power structure is built. We don't have to shoehorn ourselves into it. There's ways of doing it that are much more authentic to who we are as women, as caregivers, and all the things that we feel is probably going to be better um, in general for everyone. But, um, but you know, you're like a prime example of that. And yeah. so thank you for being such an inspiration. And and just not, you know, you not also being afraid to, to pivot in your professional life and, and mm-hmm. sharing that and even this podcast and the women that you interview and, and sharing their you know, failures. And, and that's very, it's been helpful to me when I've been in my, you know, times of failure and, and just watching people pivot and do multiple things and not be put in a box of this. I have to stay in this lane because it's all I've ever done, you know? So thank you for being that example. Lady, you're a superwoman, Rebecca. Compliments with me all day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll have to just do do the wine and then that'll wine and wine and tap dancing. Wine and tap dancing, and then it'll all be full circle. I love it. Well, next time in LA, I'm in LA, I'm for sure gonna holler. Please. Oh my God. Thank you. So thanks for having me. I just wanted to thank you guys. For listening to today's episode. I also want to ask you to rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. I know it's a pain in the butt, but it actually helps with search and algorithm. So if you love this podcast, it is an easy way to get it more visible and out there. I also want you to follow me on Instagram at Rebecca Minkoff at RM Superwomen and be sure to check out my book, Fearless, The New Rules for Unlocking Creativity, Courage, and Success. Thank you again and you will hear from me next week.